This podcast is brought to you by the Amateurs Fantasy Sports Network. Hello and welcome to another pre-season preview team podcast uh, for the Fantasy Amateurs. And we're going old school today, just myself and Ryan. A uh, short, short burst of uh, regularity from Rob and he's back to being irregular and, and unavailable again today. So, Yeah, we can't have the full team together at the moment. It's uh, one or the other. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those things where, you know, like in the NBA where they do, um, you know, they give players like games off for load yeah, management. Bit of, bit of load management, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what we're doing here. So obviously I'm the uh, the foundational piece because I'm so awesome. Uh, Point guard. And because I have nothing better to do with my time. <laughs> uh, I actually got NBA 2K24 the other day and I'm doing I like my player playing point guard with my, my dude at the moment. Oh, yeah, nice. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm making my way through it. Playing, I, I got drafted by the, the Spurs, so I'm pl- just dropping assists to Wemby. It's going great. Oh. Uh, but <laughs> today we're going to look at the Newcastle Knights. Um, Ryan, before we do that, though, a couple of things kicking around in the NRL sphere we might cover off on. Uh, maybe the, the first one is the, the rule change. Um, do you want to sort of give a brief on that and, and your thoughts on it? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, I'm sure most people have heard about it now, but if not, um, no more penalties for uh, failed short restarts. So um, any short restarts from kickoffs, dropouts, or a 20-metre, the rare event of a 20-metre short <laughs> dropout. Um, yeah, no more penalties. It's just a, a play the ball now. Uh, it's quite interesting. I've seen some mixed opinions on it. Uh, personally, I, I don't have an issue with it. Um, I, less penalty goals is fine with me. Uh, I think they're trying to get rid of that sort of stuffing around of like 45 seconds to take the take the dropout, followed by you know two minutes of stuffing around to get ready for the penalty goal, and then a kickoff after that. So um, yeah, personally, I don't really have an issue with it. How, what about you? Where have you landed? Yeah, I actually think I like it. Um, you know, speed the game up. It creates some more you know aerial spectacles. I see an aerial physio was saying he thought it might be something to do with concussions. And apparently that was actually the case that they, that it wasn't the only reason, but one of the reasons they brought it in is to stop that, you know, 20 meter run up high speed collision, um, you know, running the ball back off the long kickoffs. Mm. So um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I like it. I think it, you know, it adds an element of skill, you know, like obviously, um, you know, players being good at things is 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 interesting to see. So, you know, we get the high, you know, the jump contests and also, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, skill potential on uh, getting it bang on the 10-metre line or, or whatever. And then, you know, everybody will be setting up for that and then all of a sudden it'll be a, a long one or something that they're not prepared for. So, yeah, I um, I don't mind it. Yeah, no, the, uh, the, Walker, the Walker brothers were ahead of their time. They were doing this basically every restart in Queensland Cup with the Ipswich Jets for a while and now the NRL's caught on. Because um, I, I saw a stat uh, from the Rugby League Eye Test, approximately 54% of dropouts were kicked short last season. So I'm, I'm guessing that's probably going to go up as well. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, like you think about the risk versus reward, even without this rule, not a lot of teams are taking the two there uh, unless it's obviously a specific time in the game. But... 
you know, the benefit is you can potentially get the ball back versus giving up, what, like 10 metres or something like that hmm. for, for a, what's essentially a coin flip. So, I um, yeah, I think it it's kind of seems like a no-brainer um, to, uh, to do it anyway. So I'm surprised it wasn't higher than 53%. Yeah, well, I saw an article as well from, um, I think it was NRL.com, like they were talking about like some of the teams that uh, tried it the most, first tried it the least, and like Cronulla was like the least uh, short dropout team in the comp, and like uh, there was like a quote from Nico Hines being like, no, we just don't do it because our wingers are too short, basically, like Mulatalo and Katoa are just (laughs) too short, so they just never kicked it short. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Mm. Um. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Um, is there any uh, any anything else kicking around in the NRL before we jump specifically um, into the Knights? I guess maybe the like, we've already done the Eels podcast, so maybe the uh, hooker news there around um, Brad Arthur basically saying that he wants one hooker and he wants an eighty minute hooker. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's uh, that's actually amazing news because obviously I was really hoping to not have to deal with Brandon Smith. So I think I think that's going to give me a nice little. Cheaper option there. Uh, I think we really want to get Lusick there because he he has a, you know, he's a fringe keeper if he plays 80, whereas Hands obviously played 80 in a number of games last year and was, you know, unimpressive at times. So is that is that the way you're sort of seeing it? You prefer it to be Lusick? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like Lusick will be someone that you can plug into your 17 each week versus Hands is probably still slobbing into the 18th man slot. Yeah, well, I mean, the the big advantage with hands is you can play him in your halves. Hmm. Uh, and, I mean, looking at him now, he had seven games last year where he played at least 70 minutes and averaged 40, actually 40.1. Uh, so, you know, at 29, it would be, you know, a buy. But, I mean, Lussick's, uh, I think he was, you know, 50-plus in 70-plus minutes. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. So, uh, yeah, um, it feels weird actually being happy about something that Brad Arthur does. <laughs> probably last two weeks too <laughs> yeah there's uh yeah there's there's plenty of time for it to go sideways to be fair so uh, yeah we'll uh we'll see how we go all right mate um mate, the newcastle knights obviously starting off uh so we've got them predicted to come in the top eight again they obviously stormed home last year after a really slow start uh dealt with some injuries uh they lose uh, Fitzgibbon, well, I don't know if you can call it a loss, uh, and they sort of seem to be pretty similar looking team. Obviously, Dom Young, the big loss, but they, you know, they've got a couple of options there, um, and and you know, some seemingly some a bit of depth here, mate. But uh, I guess Caelan Pong is a pretty high ownership. He's you know seventeen percent of teams or or thereabouts. Obviously, massive finish to last year. Um, is he somebody that you have considered for your team? Uh, I think he was probably a, a walk-up by prior to the price release. Uh, like obviously, he only averaged fifty-one point four across the entire season. But like with uh, FanHub, they what doing what they like to do, messing around with the price, putting him up around you know that fifty-four average. Um, I, I think I'm probably happy to let him go through the keeper to start the year, given we've got some other options there like Jaden Campbell, potentially Pappenhausen. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't blame anyone for jumping on Ponga, you know, week one, um, especially if he's still goal kicking. Uh, went no buy until what round twelve, um, so it's a pretty good start to the year as well. Uh, I mean, he's just he's that premium option, isn't he? Uh, like 
did, do you want to pay that right out the gate? I don't know. Is he going to light the world on fire like he did um, on that back end of last season? I'm not sure. Mm. What, what are your thoughts? Well, okay. Let me let me ask you the question this way: If mm. if we took the the name off the player and made him a lock instead of a fullback, right? Mm-hmm. He averaged, he's priced at 55 uh, in the games, in the position, in an identical role to the role that he's going to be playing. He averaged 62.8. Would you be buying him? I mean, based on just that alone, yes. Uh, yeah. But I think there's a little bit more. Of course, there's some nuance to it. <laughs> of course, there's some nuance <laughs> to it. Um, early season schedule. Obviously, the schedule was really helpful last year. Um, he played the Panthers and in that stretch of 62.8 average and put up a 17. So outside of that, it's all 45-plus uh, scores and, and a lot of, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. So, I mean, he, he isn't infallible, but, I mean, the opening schedule, he, he opens with the Knights, at, uh, opens with the Raiders at home, I mean, uh, which, I, I mean, I don't know if I could pick a better matchup to start with given the Raiders sort of... Uh, no Horsburgh, no Seb Chris, Jack Whiten's gone. Lots of young players come in and they get Cowboys at home, which is not, I mean, the Cowboys are at home, which is uh, sort of not a great matchup depending on which Cowboys team turns up this season. Storm, you know, it's fine. But they also have the Dragons. I mean, the Warriors, even when they were good, weren't a defensive powerhouse. They've got the Bulldogs there, the Roosters kind of. Maybe they they've belted the Roosters a couple of times in recent years. Dolphins, Warriors. There's not really any matchups there that are concerning me. I guess is maybe the the point, uh, except for potentially the Storm one. So, I mean, they really do have a, a pretty good schedule here, and it'd be a really nice opportunity to get out uh, and and get some points on the on the board. Uh, he's not currently in my team, but I think if we lost one of Campbell or Pappenhausen between now and round one, I probably would get him. Okay. No, I think yeah. that's all fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It obviously depends on what else happens in the, you know, the the scheme of things. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, there's a, a number of good wing fullback options uh, that don't cost 750K. But mm. yeah, I've been looking at Cameron Murray, who's more expensive and – and, you know, probably projects to average about the same. So, you know, by that I should be really looking. So anyway, um, yeah, so he's obviously, you know, in, in a lot of teams for good reason and, and a potential option. Now, the centres, Gagai, awesome last year, uh, unlikely to repeat it exactly. And, I mean, even if he does, not somebody you want to spend up in round one. And obviously Bradman Best, also a big uh, finish to the year, lots of points there, you know, expecting – you know, similar things again from him, but uh, he's pretty expensive. So um, I suppose the the non-ponger interest in the back line uh, won't come from Marju's side, but potentially the other wing where there's a couple of guys uh, floating around the, the options. Uh, obviously, Tom Jenkins is the one that we've got on the website at the moment, but it seems like there's a pretty open race there between a couple of players Ryan, um, just pulling up the name. So there's David Armstrong. Uh, there's also Nari Tuala, Mapapalangi, and there's also uh, another guy who's, I think, not in their top 30 who apparently has been really good in training as well. So, I mean, it'd be really nice to get an unexpected wing fullback, David Armstrong, on the on the wing, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> anything uh, cheap enough that would potentially warrant a buy would be nice, especially with how much Newcastle likes to play through their backs. Um, uh, if we're getting someone who's already, I mean, you know, Tawala, you can't touch. Um, Tom Jenkins, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's um, it's getting to that point where they're already sort of priced up. Um, it'd be much nicer to get, get a cheapie, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, exactly. You really don't want to be expending 400K plus on a winger. Mm. Uh, unless it's some a specific prototype. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to be keeping my fingers crossed for Armstrong, but I think Jenkins is going to get the first crack. So keep an eye out there. And then similarly in the halves, obviously they bring in, uh, what's his name, Jack Cogger from the Panthers and also Will Price, who they signed before the season last year to play fullback uh, when the plan was to move Ponga into the halves. But, I mean, Price can play in the halves, I think. He seems like a like a decent, you know, body-wise should be fine. Um, what, what, who's, what's your take on, do you think Gamble's going to open the season in the halves with Jackson Hastings or do we see Cogger there round one? Oh, this is one that could go really any direction. Um, it, it wouldn't shock me to see Cogger there. He was great last year in a Panthers jersey. It seems like whoever the uh, Cleary's replacement is gets a, a, a decent deal the next year with somewhere else. Um, oh, I mean, oh, I don't have a strong feeling here. I'd, I'd, I'd lean against it being Tyson Gamble. They didn't really seem to want to use him at the best of times last year, sort of forced into him more than uh, wanting, him, mm. wanting him there. So, uh, yeah, I'd assume they go a different direction other than Gamble would be my gut feel. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, th- I think maybe Cogger might open. We've actually got Will Price listed there at the moment, if maybe just for no other reason than hopefulness. But um, <laughs> maybe we'll get a surprise and we'll get Mapapalangi there. He used to play 5-8. Hey, get him in. Cheapy. Get him in there. Uh, now, uh, moving into the forwards is kind of actually, you know, going to be, I guess, maybe where a lot of our discussion needs to happen here. So uh, we expect Daniel Saifidi, Leo Thompson, Adam Elliott probably opening in the middles, Tyson Frizzell, Goat on the edge. The best. Uh, his value again this year, maybe a little bit, apparently going to be moving to the left edge mm, okay. uh, because uh, both Dylan Lucas and Kai Pierce-Paul prefer playing on the right. So now, now that's interesting if he's feeding off Ponga. Yeah, well that was kind of that was there was a discussion had about that on a on another podcast specifically. So yeah, definitely definitely possible that, that that that's the case and then obviously the other one is Dylan Lucas who averaged over 50 last year and comes in priced at 40. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we're going to hope that he's the guy that wins that spot, don't we? Um, the, he's certainly shown it. Like they've they've got a, a bunch of other blokes they've trotted out on that edge, uh, covering guys before. But yeah, Lucas has definitely got the the fantasy upside. Um, mm. And yeah, he was given his opportunity last year. He had that uh, job in round twenty six and twenty seven to end the year and put up some good scores. Uh, thankfully, Van <laughs> Hub of not completely ruined his price. So, yeah, the, yeah. That, that would be the, the go and potential keeper if he could um, lock up that right edge spot. Yeah, there really is just so many uh, really good edge options that 
I think for me, like the looming shadow of Kai Pierce Paul coming back from injury and Jed Cartwright hanging around might be enough for me to just not get him. But mm. I could understand why you would would jump on as well. So, you know, particularly there's a couple of other guys in that price point that I prefer. Obviously, Sean Lane, who we've already discussed, and and another guy who we'll we'll talk about in an upcoming episode. Um. But, yeah, no, I mean, he's there. And then Kai Pierce-Paul, obviously, he's a, a favourite of a number of, uh, you know, people kicking around in Supercoach and NRL Fantasy. Uh, had no training so far this preseason. He's been out with a foot injury. He's had surgery. In my mind, a 22-year-old edge back roller who's come over from England has had no preseason. is a 0% chance of being there in round one, uh, but definitely a chance of working his way into the role through the year. Yeah, I think that's a fair take. And let's be honest, Frizzell doesn't mind a week off every now and then. So yeah, sure this opportunity. No. Exactly right. Uh, now, mate, the point of contention in this team, probably the most, and I do want to circle back to a discussion that was had on um, on Talking League. But, I mean, uh, it, it kind of is relevant to this. Jaden Braley at Hooker, he comes back, obviously was injured for the most of last year, Crossland. Uh, filled in really, really well. Um, he obviously is going to move back to the bench, I assume. But, I mean, the discussion really is whether Jaden Braley is going to play 80 minutes, which seems to be the rotation that Adam O'Brien prefers with Crossland coming in in the middle, or do we think it's going to be, you know, a 65 to 70 minute Braley and then a 15, 10 to 15 minute Crossland and who plays the balance of his minutes in the middle? Yeah. Oh, look, that's the, uh, the million dollar question, isn't it? Um, I think this is a question that's probably going to need answering uh, over the trials. Um, I mean, we've seen Braley come back from injury before and have no problem knocking out 80 from the, almost from the get go. Like in 2022, when he did his Achilles, came back. Round 17, had one game off the bench where he played 40 minutes. And then from round 18 for the rest of the season, he was playing 80 week in, week out. So, I mean, mm. there is precedent there for him to just jump straight back into that role as the club captain. Um, so, it, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he's straight back into an 80-minute role. Uh, the, really only the spanner in the works is that Crossland was actually good last year. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just going to depend on... Do they want to use Crossland more as that utility lock uh, type role, especially with Kurt Mann gone as well? Um, I, I'd, I'd tend to lean that way, uh, but I'd, I'd like a trial to confirm it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it just would go against their normal rotations, I think, to not do it that way. But And, I mean, the other thing is, you know, with the other guys in this price point now, with the emergence of whichever one the Eels hooker is going to be, it's probably one of those things where it's maybe an unnecessary risk and maybe not even something we're going to find out about in the preseason. Yeah, no, exactly right. And there's other guys sort of around, I mean, a little bit more expensive at a little bit more known quantities that we've discussed on previous podcasts, like Reese Robson, Marshall King, you know, that they're 90K more expensive, but you're sort of a little bit more cemented on to playing 80 week in, week out there. Mm, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, now, mate, the other player that I want to bring up, and it's not even somebody that we've got highlighted as an option, but I want to sort of kick this around with you, is Adam Elliott. And the point was brought up by uh, Pat on Talking League, who is a Knights fan, uh, that 
Adam Elliott had a big, you know, a lot of injuries in sort of an, a shortened off season and, and sort of came good towards the end of the year. Um, and that, that discussion does kind of hold some water here with, um, you know, if you look closely at his numbers from round 20 onwards, he actually performed really, really well um, and would be a value. So mm. I guess the question becomes, does that, you know, given we're in the market for a mid at 576K, you know, you look at somebody like a Ruben Cotter whose minutes are sort of at the whim of uh, Todd Payton's weekly, you know, decision-making where Adam Elliott seems to be pretty consistent with what he does on a week-to-week basis. I guess obviously the, the wrinkle there is, you know, Braley coming back more minutes for Crossland and, and, you know, it may be a case that like looking at this here, um, you know, 67, 60, 57, 47, 67, 69, 53 minutes respectively, there may not be a need for him to play the 65 to 70 minute games. And it may be that it's probably closer to that 55 minutes and, and sort of, you know, in the mid forties rather than 60 to 65 and, and nudging 50. Yeah, no, look, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, I mean, Elliot's minutes themselves weren't overly consistent down the stretch. I mean, you're right. Like he, obviously he did suffer from injuries last year. Um, and it seems like his performance did, uh, tick up once he'd had a little time off uh, the week off after the round 19 bye and missed a big chunk of the start of the year as well um, but yeah again like especially if they are playing that four forward bench with uh, Crossland coming into the middle uh, it's just sort of a no-go like you'd need Braley spelling for a little bit or say Dylan Lucas whoever wins that edge spot only playing say 60 50 to 60 minutes or something like that so yeah I mean he's already at a price point where it's Sort of like, is this a risk I want to take? Can he push into the low 50s averages? I'm, I'm not too certain on that. Yeah, I think we're obviously we've got a few pretty good options there. One that we're going to talk about um, in, in a coming episode and then one that we've already sort of discussed in Josh Curran. Uh, and then there's a number of other sort of cheapies floating around, Liam Knight, Fletcher Baker, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's probably not worth sort of jumping in. And then obviously the bench just sort of doesn't seem to be any value there with Hetherington, Croker, the other Saifidi and, and Crossland. So, um, mate, with with that, I think we're probably, you know, probably done for the ninth. Did you have any sort of closing thoughts here? No, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a team with a lot of very good fantasy assets if they get running again like they were last year. Um, it's just mm. I'm not too sure who you'd particularly want to start with outside of, you know, maybe Braley or Ponga, maybe if we get a, a Cashy on the wing or in the halves. But otherwise, there's no sort of obvious round one buys here, is there? No, I mean, I don't have I don't have any knights in my team at this at this current stage. So uh, mm. it's a long preseason. We're still uh, <laughs> seven weeks away or something from from starting. So a lot um, can change. Yeah, lot can change. All right, no worries. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to us talk about the Knights. Uh, You can come back, listen to the next one if you want. Uh, You should do that. We're going to be talking about the South Sydney Rabbitohs from everyone here at the Amateurs. See you next time. Love you guys. This show was brought to you by good friends at Picklebet. You can support the show by changing your regular bookmaking provider to Picklebet and using the code AMATURES on your first deposit to let them know where we found you. 
Make sure to set a deposit limit because chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.